Praise be to God. We are grateful to the Lord our God that we can celebrate this day. Amen? Because Christ has come and has made all the difference in the world. And as we've gone before the Lord our God, we are grateful that because of what he has done for us, we can always find hope in situations where it seems so desperate. Okay? That's why Christmas is a, a time where we have so many lights. Because light overcomes always the darkness. It's something that we learn how to drink. Because what Christ has done, he has given us hope. And hope is something that you do when you begin to look forward to something. Because of what Christ has done, we can look towards our future. Amen? And today, as we have seen the different readings of today, in Isaiah, first reading, it says that our God will not rest until he fulfills everything that he has promised us. And the second reading, it tells us, God has made us his sons, and he has sent the Spirit, his Holy Spirit, into our hearts. Okay? And the Holy Spirit is leading us to call to God, Abba, Abba. The word Abba means father, or daddy, or papa, or tatai. You understand what I'm saying? It is an intimate form of addressing God as our Father. It says there, God has made us his heirs. And now we have the gospel today in Luke chapter 22, uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 22, 32. If there's a, a lesson that we can learn, uh, or rather the, the Holy Spirit is wanting to communicate to us, it's this, okay? Uh, God wants us to see through the eyes of blessing not through the eyes of burden. God wants us to see through the eyes of blessing, not through the eyes of burden. Okay? Now let me ask you today, how are you today? Are you saying that because I taught you that response? Or are you saying that because that is a true statement? That's what you believe. Okay? That is actually based on uh, two truths. One is from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, where it says, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. In other words, God did not hold anything back. Amen? God totally, absolutely, completely blessed us with everything. And then secondly, that's also based on one of the covenant promises that God gave to Abraham. God said to Abraham, I will bless you and you will become a blessing to the nations. Now, some people ask, well, that's a blessing to Abraham. How come we're claiming that? Because according to the Holy Scriptures, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, the blessing of Abraham has come to us. We inherited the blessing of Abraham. You understand what I'm saying? Hello? And we need to be able to see through the eyes of blessing. We need to be able to see as Filipinos. We, we know our history, right? Well, I think maybe we do. We were once under the, uh, uh, the influence of the Spaniards. How many years in Spanish time? Okay? Uh, 
the Spanish were supposed to be more superior than we, we were. That, that Jose Rizal uh, 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 grew up during Spanish time. We were made to look lower than them. We were called the Indians. Okay? But then for a while we were under the Americans. And uh, we were known as the brown monkeys. And then after that, during the World War, we were under what nation? Japan. We were under Japanese occupation. And when they addressed us, they called us Bakero. You understand what I'm saying? So we have these, uh, we have these mentality that has been developed throughout the generations. And that's the reason why we as Filipinos, I begin to understand why we want the underdog, right? We root for the underdog because uh, they're kind of uh, the ones, of, we, we were kind of like, like, like them. Once upon a time, under the Spanish, under the Americans, under the Japanese, we were the underdogs. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? And basically because of that, we're, we're people given to self-pity. Okay, uh, we're, we're given to people who are, uh, we, we are people given to a sense of uh, hardship, you know, a sense of despair. One of the common, one of the common uh, expressions that we Filipinos have, especially when I'm watching the news and when I'm talking to people, they would say, Sahira Nambuhay Ngayon. Right? That is a common expression among Filipinos. Sahira Nambuhay Ngayon. And I understand why they're saying that because life is not getting easier. You understand what I'm saying? There are, there are real problems out there. However, we need to understand that the sense of blessing that we have because of Jesus Christ must be greater than our awareness of the hardship. You understand what I'm saying? Because it doesn't matter how hard situations are, God is faithful to us. The blessings of God are never hindered by the difficulty of the situation. The blessings of God are never hindered by the blackness of the darkness. You understand what I'm saying? It is only hindered by a lack of faith. It is only hindered by a lack of confidence in what God is able to do for us. See, we have more faith in what the devil can do against us instead of having faith in what God is able to do for us. And that's one of the reasons why I preach the Word of God because the Bible very clearly says faith comes by and hearing by the Word of God. See, when we begin to hear the Word of God and it begins to be engrafted in our hearts, instead of being aware of the difficulties of life, instead of being aware of that, we become aware of the grace of God. Do you know that if there are no problems, if there are no difficulties, if there, there, are, there is no pain, if there is no situational testings and trials, you don't need grace. 
You understand what I'm saying? The word of God says, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. The grace of God is the one that we depend on. Yes, the problem is there, but God is here. Okay? And sometimes we are so aware of how difficult life is that we forget how gracious our God is. And when we ask God for help, He helps. When we look to God, He doesn't fail us. The Word of God says, Our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. It says, Our help comes. It doesn't say our help does not come. Or our help sometimes may come, sometimes it may not come. No, it's very definite. Our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Where is our help coming from? From the Lord. Who is the Lord? The Lord is the one who made heaven and earth. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so we need to understand that, church. Instead of looking through the eyes of burden, we should learn how to look through the eyes of blessing. And to, do, to be able to look through the eyes of blessing, we need to look through the eyes of faith. Our faith is based on what we are hearing from the Word of God. Amen? Okay, so let's uh, look at uh, our gospel today. Our gospel is chapter 2, verse 22 to, 30, uh, to 32. Okay? Uh, the first... Uh, the first principle I'd like to show you, I'm basing this on verse 22 to 24. First principle is this, Christ lifted life's burdens from us. Christ lifted life's burdens from us. That's verse 22 to 24, we're going to come back to that. The second thought, I'm basing this on verse uh, 25 to 32, okay? Christ's birth means freedom for all people. Christ's birth means freedom for all people. Okay? Let's go back to the first thought, the first principle. Christ lifted the burden from us. Let, let me just read verse 22 up to verse 24. It says here, Now when the days of our purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. There are actually two uh, requirements that are, that, that are being seen here. First of all, during that time in the Old Testament, okay, before Jesus Christ shed his blood for us, okay, Every time we come to the Eucharist, I really appreciate the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus is what washes our sins away. Do you understand what I'm saying? The blood of Jesus is what has set us free. But during the Old Testament, before the blood of Jesus came, like I said before, God is a righteous God. Amen? Hello? He is a holy God. He is a perfect God. He loves His people. He loves his creation. But the problem is his creation was separated by sin. Because Adam disobeyed. Every man inherited the sin of Adam. You understand what I'm saying? And if a sinful person approaches a holy God, it is never good. 
Okay? It's like fire burning. Scripture says fire burns away impurities. Well, if we're impure, then we kind of burn away. You understand what I'm saying? And so God devised a system by which sinful man can come to the Lord in the Old Testament. What is that? It is the sacrifice of animals. Okay? So what happens? If you're, if you're coming to God and there's something, or you sin, then you bring an animal to the Lord. There's a priest that he will lay his hands on the animal. And symbolically, it's like your sin is being transferred to the animal. Okay? And then that animal is killed. That animal is killed in your place. Instead of you dying, that animal dies in your place. Because of sin, if we want to come to God, an innocent life must die because of sin. The wages of sin is death. And you know, if you sin, you always have to do something like this. Every year, they have to come to the high priest and they've got to offer bulls and animals. I mean, blood really flowed. It was a bloody thing. Animals were offered to the nation of Israel. The high priest would enter into the Holy of Holies. And people are expecting, hopefully he doesn't die. See, before the high priest could enter it, he has to offer an offering for himself. He has to be made right before God. He just can't go there without the proper preparations because if the high priest enters into the Holy of Holies and he's not properly covered and is bringing the sacrifice of the people, he'll die. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? This is, this is uh, the, the situation at that particular time. Uh, it's not a convenient solution. It's not an ideal situation, but it was the best that God can do under the Old Testament. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? Now, there are other things also. How many of you here are mothers? How many of you were glad when your children, your babies were born? Okay? I mean, your babies were born, and then you can hold them, and you go to church, and... Uh, you get your babies baptized and, you know, you celebrate. But did you know that during that time, according to the law of Moses, when you women give birth, you were considered unclean for more than 30 days. You understand what I'm saying? More than 30 days. That, that means you cannot come to church because you're considered unclean. You cannot handle holy things because you're considered unclean. Jesus Christ was a holy child. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? But for you to be cleansed, for, there must be a sacrifice that must be given for you. Okay? If you were poor, like the first family was, then you were given the choice of offering some pigeons and turtles instead of a bull, instead of a lamb. So Jesus Christ was born with a poor family. Did he fail? Did he, uh, did he uh, suffer because of that? We could see that God has been faithful to them. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? So here, he, here she was. She gives birth. The most joyful thing that could have ever happened. And the one that she gives birth to is the Son of God. 
who became the son of man. Now think about this. All babies born through the womb of the mother inherits the sin of Adam, right? But Jesus Christ was born of God with a human body. You understand what I'm saying? He was already considered holy. And yet, despite the fact that he was holy and he was born from Mary, Mary was considered unclean. And she had to offer some sacrifices for that. Hello? Now, Jesus Christ was the firstborn son. Again, this was something joyful. And if you've got a firstborn son, what you think about is uh, uh, what's going to be his name, uh, uh, what kind of milk, what kind of vitamins, uh, what kind of crib we're going to choose for him. But during that time, no. He's the firstborn son. We've got to redeem him under Moses, under the law of Moses, and we've got to offer a sacrifice for him. Can you imagine a simple, happy thing like childbirth? Some, you, you give a birth to a child, the mom has to offer sacrifice. If it's a son, then you have to offer a sacrifice to God. Now understand, that's the only way that they could approach God at that time. It's supposed to be a blessing, right? But it can feel very burdensome at that time. Do you understand what I'm saying? But with the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, all of those things have been done away with. Amen? I mean, if you give birth, if you're a mom and you give birth to a child, you're not considered unclean anymore. The blood of Jesus cleanses you. If you've given a firstborn son, you don't have to go to the church anymore to redeem him. If you want to go to church and give a thank offering, that's because you want to, not because you have to. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not as burdensome anymore because Jesus Christ lifted up the burden from us. Because of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, we see things from the point of view of blessing, not from the point of view of burdens. Yes, there will be problems. Yes, there are situations in the world. Yes, Jesus Christ very clearly said, in the world, you will have tribulation. Amen? How many of you are in the world? So some of you are in outer space. Okay? In the world. We're in the world, right? Jesus Christ says, you will have tribulation. Problems will always be there. But this is what he said after that. But be of good cheer. In other words, he, said, he did not say despair. He did not say be paranoid. He did not say be hopeless. He did not say be negative about life. He did not say, always use the phrase, He did not say that. He said, be of good cheer. Be joyful. Have a joyful, positive attitude in life. He just said we're going to have tribulations, right? What's supposed to be cheerful about that? He just said we're going to have problems. He just said there's going to be trials and testings in life. What's so cheerful about that? You know why we can be of good cheer? Because this is what he says. He says, in the world, you will have what? 
Tribulation. How many of you like tribulation? I don't like tribulation. I don't want tribulation. I do not hope for tribulation. I do not pray for tribulation. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, maybe you're happy and some people say, Oh God, it's so boring. Can you send me some problem to make it exciting? No, I don't pray that. Okay? If things are quiet, and sometimes they become too quiet, I don't ask God to make life exciting for me by sending a problem. I don't like problems, I don't like testings, I don't like trials, but they're a part of life. That's what Jesus Christ said. Okay? He says, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. In other words, he's saying to us, yes, you're going to have all of those things, but you need to understand, I am your Messiah. I am your Savior. I am your helper. I'm the one who will help you overcome. And if you ever face something that looks so impossible, you look to me. I'll have the solution for that, and I'll help you overcome. You understand what I'm saying? That's the reason why we can be blessing-minded, not tribulation-minded. Because we have our Savior. We have our Lord. We have our Messiah with us. And he says, I have overcome the world. In other words, he's saying, the world can throw its worst against you. But as long as you have me, we will always win. That's what he said. I have overcome the world. He has the solution to every situation. And in this particular uh, situation that we have here with uh, Mary, and it, it's kind of problematic in the beginning, but because of what Jesus Christ has done, he's made it easier for us. I mean, what do we have to do in order to come before the Lord our God? Come before him in the name of Jesus. Thank him for the ability to come to him. And if we've sinned, we don't have to look for an animal. We don't look, we don't have to look for a sacrifice that we can put on the altar and, 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 and offer it up to God. Kill it and offer it up to God. All we have to do is come to God, either through the sacrament of reconciliation, or if you're someone you can't find anyone and say, Oh God, I've sinned against you. I've done this. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. He forgives you. He forgives you. That sin you committed does not exist anymore. How many of you remember sins you've committed in the past? Do you know what? If you've confessed that to God, it might be true that you've committed that sin. But that sin takes, that sin is deleted. By the blood of Jesus. It doesn't exist anymore. Amen? You may remember it. Your friends may remember it. Your family might remember it. But God does not remember it. Why? God doesn't remember it? Yes. 
play. I, I thought God knows everything. Yes, he does. Did he forget? Yes, he has. Well, I thought God remembers everything. If he does, he must have perfect memory. How come he, he forgets? Because he has chosen to forget. Do you understand what I'm saying? The book of Hebrews tells us, God says this, your sins and transgressions, I will remember no more. That's what God says. That's what God says. Your sins and transgressions will remember, I will remember no more. Hello? See, you need to understand that. You might remember, if you confess it to God, it's God. Oh, the devil will try to re remind you of that. Oh, so you're praying to God again. Don't you just remember what you did before? You think God will answer your prayer? You, you did this. Maybe he will answer somebody's prayer, but not yours. Because you sinned. This is what you did. They'll try to make you feel guilty so you can't stand in the presence of God. But if you remember, you confess that to God. That sin is gone. You understand what I'm saying? If the devil tries to make you feel guilty because of that, you just say, in the name of Jesus, that sin has been forgiven, washed away by the blood of Jesus. It is gone from me. And you have no legal right to pin that accusation on me, devil. You understand what I'm saying? Hello. So we need to understand that, church. God made things easier for us. Okay? It doesn't mean we don't have to do anything, but, you know, we do works of obedience now, and we're not burdened by all of these things simply because of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? He lifted up this burden for us. Now, let's go to the second thought. Are you learning something today? Okay. Our second thought is uh, Christ's birth brought freedom for all people. Now, let me just read certain things here in uh, verse 25 to 32. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it has been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. Now take note. First of all, the thing I want you to see here is this. Simeon has been waiting in the temple for so long. God gave the promise because of your devotion. Because of our intimacy, you're always here. Okay? I will not let you die until you see the salvation the Messiah that has come to the world. Uh, how long has he been there? It's been a long time. There are many prayers. He must have prayed a thousand prayers. 
And for every baby that must have come in, he must think, he must be thinking, could this be the one? And maybe he suffered a thousand disappointments. But one day, the desire of his heart was met. One day, the Lord said, this is the one. And what I want you to see here is this. Sometimes you might be waiting for something for a long time. But if God is faithful, he will bring it to you. Amen. I was talking to uh, one of the acolytes there. We were talking about our faith goals. And he said, I've been waiting 21 years for this thing to happen. It hasn't happened yet. Well, God is faithful. He's going to make it happen to you, for you. It's like the faith goals that we have. Me and my family, we've been, at least I, been writing it down. We've been waiting for 30 years for two things to happen. One is Israel, and the other one is the family drinker. You understand what I'm saying? It took me 30 years, okay? So, when, whenever January 1 comes, okay, I'll just carry it on because it didn't happen this year. And then you thank God, and you praise God, and you come again to December 31, okay. Carry over for the next year because it didn't happen. I've been doing that for 30 years. You understand what I'm saying? And then suddenly, in the year of suddenness, in the year of breakthroughs, in the year of acceleration, it happened. You understand what I'm saying? Simeon was in the temple. A thousand times he must have come in. A thousand times he must have prayed. A thousand times his heart must have cried out to God. A thousand times he must have been disappointed. A thousand times he must have gone home disappointed. But suddenly, one day, everything came to pass before him. Now, this is what he said. Now my eyes have seen the salvation. See, you need to understand something. When Joseph and Mary entered the temple, they just looked like any ordinary couple. Okay? Couples who have a child and they want to be able to offer the necessary sacrifices because of the child. Joseph, Mary, and the baby Jesus were just one of many who were going through the temple. And when people looked at them, they were just an ordinary family. For them, Joseph was just an ordinary man. Oh, there's the carpenter. Oh, and there's his white hair. Did, did, did you hear she got pregnant before he married her? They must, you know, they must have talked like that. Look at the child, look at the child. Does it look like Joseph? Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? And so they, they were just like an ordinary family to many people. When people saw them, ordinary family. But when Simeon saw them, this is the consolation of Israel. This is the answer to my prayer. This is the promised Messiah. And Lord, you can now set me free. I can die now. Because I know that there is a Messiah. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
he saw through the eyes of blessing. Because he saw through the eyes of blessing, the eyes of faith, the eyes of humility, he saw something that others did not. And I want you to see that. Instead of seeing it as a burden, see things from the eyes of blessing. Okay? For example, when we come to the church and we start the liturgy and the processional starts, what do you see? You see a processional. Something that needs to finish the moment we get here so that we can finally get into the Word of God. Don't you see that when the processional comes, don't you see the open door that God has set? That's the reason why we can come to God, because by the blood of Jesus, he has opened up a new and a living way for us. Now we can enter into the presence of God. Now when we hunger for him, we seek him, there is an open door because of the mercy of God. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? When we hear the word of God, what, what do we see? What do we hear? Are we saying, okay, it's just reading and uh, it's something that needs to get done. And I hope the bishop does not over-preach. You know, it's just something that needs to get done and needs to get over with and things like that. What do you see? If you see that, then it's like a burden to you. You need to see God is conversing with us. You understand what I'm saying? He speaks through the reading of the word. We answer back through the responsorial song. And then God speaks to us through the word of God. He's using me, but he's bringing his thoughts over to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, if you understood, if you saw this as God speaking to you, you would close your cell phones and not secretly look. <laughs> I mean, you don't give others the right to interrupt you when you're talking to someone, right? Why do we give other people a right to interrupt us when God is talking to us? Do you understand what I'm saying? Hello? I mean, also, when the, when the gospel is read, they go there. They go somewhere here. What do you see? Okay? Oh, Father Andy did not dye his hair. <laughs> is that all you see? I see Jesus coming in our midst. That is a symbol of Christ being born for us. He comes to us and lives with us. He is with us. And one day he's going to come back again. Do you understand what I'm saying? When we come to the Eucharist, what do we see? Okay, this is the last before the dismissal. <laughs> it's Jesus Christ having an intimate relationship with us. The master of the universe, the God who created everything, the Lord of heaven and earth. See, when we eat something, it becomes part of our body. It becomes part of our DNA. You understand what I'm saying? And then he says, this is my body, this is my blood, this is my flesh, this is my blood. It becomes a part of us. God is saying, I don't want to ever be away from you. I see God's desire to be with us. 
I see God's desire to be involved in our lives. I see God's desire wanting to bless us. I see God's desire for us to be reassured that when situations come, we are never alone. Do you understand what I'm saying? Remember when uh, the disciples were on a boat and they were in the middle of a storm? In the middle of the storm, when it looked like they were going to die, when it looked like tragedy was going to happen to them, they see Jesus Christ walking on the water to them. Many people will avoid you when you're going through problems. You understand what I'm saying? Because they think if they come to you, your problem will infect them, your bad luck will infect them, and so they'll have bad luck also. And so if you have problems, they stay away from you. Not Jesus. You have problems, he's there with you. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't abandon you. He's there with you. He's there for you. Amen? And when in the middle of that, when it was dark, when it was thunder and the boat was getting filled, they were afraid and they were going to sink. Jesus Christ says, fear not. It is I. He was walking in the water and he says, fear not. What's the reason for us not to fear? Despite the presence of the storm, despite the boat filling up, despite the immediacy of tragedy, tragedy and danger, what's the reason we should fear not? Jesus Christ says, fear not, it is I, I am with you. Isn't that, he just simply said what I said, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right arm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because he has come, we got this. And Simeon said, he is a revelation to the Gentiles and salvation to the people of Israel. We're part of God's salvation plan. We can hope in God's promises because we're with him now. We can look at the problems and we can see opportunities. Isn't that what James said? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I don't like trials. I don't enjoy them. Okay? I don't like it when you're facing a problem here and problem there. I don't like it. When I'm going through testings and trials, if you want to know what I feel like. I feel like complaining. <laughs> I feel like getting upset. I feel like screaming, why is this happening to me? You understand what I'm saying? I feel that way. But I don't give in to my feelings. You understand what I'm saying? Because you control your feelings. Your feelings should not control you. And so when problems come and situations come and it looks like things are not uh, going the way we expect them to go, things are not doing better, but rather turning worse, I just close my eyes and say, oh God, my Father, I praise you in this situation. 
I thank you. You've got this, Lord. You've got this. You've got this habit. I don't know, but you've got this. I don't give in to despair. I don't give in to hopelessness. I don't give in to my emotions. I don't say what my emotions want me to say. Okay? I say what God says. And when you do that, the more of God's grace, mercy, and power would show up in your life. You understand what I'm saying? So we need to see this church. It is, he, see, he said here, he will be a revelation. He brings revelation to the Gentiles. We speak through revelation. And what is revelation? Revelation is revealed truth. Okay? If there are problems, the revealed truth is He's with us and He's helping us. We go to the liturgy, we can see the actions, we can hear the words and stay there, or we can see the revealed truth. The open door is there. We're having a conversation with God. God is spending time with us. God is with us. And later on, you will hear the dismissal. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. It's, and you know, for, for many people, all this is, oh, finally it's done. <laughs> you need to see Jesus Christ saying to you, you receive my word, you receive my, my uh, holy sacraments, you receive of my spirit, you receive my strength. Now you go there, bring me. Bring my power, bring my love to the world. Transform the world. You have the power to do that. You understand what I'm saying? It's for many people. It's a dismissal. When when you see with the eyes of revelation, it is a commissioning. God is entrusting the blessing, the transformation, the salvation of your world, the world that you move into, into your hands. And he's given you the power to do so. You say you trust God, well, God trusts in you too. You understand what I'm saying? So we need to understand that, church. See things from the eyes of blessing, not through the eyes of burden. Because of what he has done, this is not just wishful thinking. This is not just positive thinking. This is reality. This is seeing Seeing things from the eyes of revealed truth or revelation, seeing things from blessing. Amen. Now, how many of you learned something today?